Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. Listen, I got a, I got a, I got a message for you. That's why I'm here tonight. I got a, I got a message for you. But I want to, I want to frame it just to kind of give you. Uh, a little bit of a backstory behind it. Uh, when, when we were uh, pastoring, we were pastors in a couple of other churches. One of the things that I always enjoy doing is that I always like, uh, at a certain point in the year, we would just put a survey, like a certain Sunday or a couple of Sundays, we would put a survey out. We just do a survey, man. Uh, these pieces of paper when people came in, and they just had a bunch of questions on them, and then had a place on there that if you have any other questions beyond, uh, above, or beyond what, what you see on this piece of paper, on this survey, just write it in there. And so, so what people would do is that they would they would you know check whatever ever questions that they were interested in and the point is this is that what we would do what I would do is whatever the top 5 most asked questions later on the year I would do a series on it and I would just answer the questions we called it you ask and and there was there was a question there was a question that consistently consistently came up Consistently, it was in the top five. Consistently, and I want to put it on the screen for you. Here, here, here was the question: If I am forgiven, why do I feel guilty? It was, it was consistently top five, and 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 and, and <laughs> part of me was like, uh, I just answered that one the year before, <laughs> apparently. But uh, and of course, you know, I preach on it you know, during the during the year. But let's put it up there one more time. The question was this: If I am forgiven, then why do I why do I want to why do I feel guilty? Why, why do I? Why do I feel feel guilty? Before we get to the message this morning, this evening, uh, I want to greet everybody that's watching live stream. If you're watching live stream this evening, welcome to Word of Life Center. I know we look incredible uh, online and on your uh, on your piece of equipment, your technology there, but we look amazing in person. So if you're ever in town or you live in town, why don't you come by and give us a shot, just to love on you? We promise you, if you come as our guest, we will treat you just like this is your home. A word of life. Let's give everybody a great big warm welcome. Yeah. They're part of the congregation. Part of the congregation. Again, this weekend, big weekend, big weekend. We're celebrating the resurrection, the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you thankful that the tomb, the tomb is, 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 is empty? How many have ever read the story, the story or the account of, of the tomb and, and, and how everything unfolded? You, you, you ever read that? It's really, really, really pretty amazing that, that, that a few of uh, uh, ladies came, a few followers of Jesus came, and uh, they, they discovered something. They discovered that Jesus was right. You see, because several times as Jesus walked the earth, he predicted that he was going to die. He was going to be buried. He was going to be buried. But he also said in three days, guess what, guys? I'm coming back. Is there anybody in the house that's thankful that Jesus' prediction came to pass? He came back, defeated death, hell, and the grave. Amen? And, and, and so, so the, the first three people that really discovered that, first three human beings, I'll say it that way, that really discovered that was, were, were three ladies that came. And, and, and so, but, but there was actually somebody else that was already there that, that, that was a witness to it. You know that. There was this angel that was there. We don't know his name. We, he wasn't, we don't know him as Gabriel, any of those big ones. He was just an, an angel. And, and apparently, apparently, after Jesus was resurrected, right after Jesus was resurrected, this angel's there. And I'm just, I'm just painting this picture of what probably happened. If, if you don't agree with it, when we get to heaven, God will tell you that I'm right, Okay. 
And so, so Jesus, Jesus is, is raised supernaturally from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful that that same power is in us today? Amen. Supernaturally was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. He gets up. He's, the, the, the tomb is rolled back. And, excuse me, the, the door, the rock, the stone is rolled back. And he is about to step out. And then he stops and he goes, oh, 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 before I go, turns to the angel and says, let, let, me, let me tell you something. In, in just, just a few short minutes, there's going to be some people that are going to show up at this tomb. And there's some things that I want you to tell them. The first thing that I want you to tell them, and this, this angel, I believe he's probably a younger angel. He, he's listening. There's Jesus. I mean, Jesus, the master is there. The, the angel has seen this resurrection. And Jesus says, says, listen, here's what I want you to do. Make sure, make sure that when people come, first thing you tell them is I'm alive. Amen. Number one, you tell them that I'm alive. Tell them that I'm alive. And, and, then, and then he said, all right, then, then when, when, when they're here, don't forget this. Don't forget this, angel. And I'm sure the angel's like, okay, let me, let me write this down. He's alive. Then he said, he said they're, they're, I want you to tell them that, that to go to my disciples, the followers, the, the 11. And, and I want you to make sure that you tell them. Well, let, me, let me just show this in the scripture. Look at this in the scripture. Go tell his disciples. Go tell the disciples, especially Peter that he's going ahead of them to Galilee. So, so what's happened here is that the angel has already spoken, excuse me, Jesus has already spoken to the angel and the angel is delivering the message. He's already delivered the message, right? And, and the message is this, go tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, talking about Jesus. You will see him there just as he has told you. So this is the angel speaking to the four ladies, uh, Mary, Mary, and Salome. <laughs> Sounds like a, a group, a rock group or something. Mary, Mary, and Salome. They're there, and the, uh, the angel has told them that because Jesus has given the angel the instruction to tell them. I'll call this a tomb talk. It's a tomb talk that Jesus had with this angel, that the angel had with these, these, the, the, these four ladies. But, ladies, but, but there's, there's this thing that I want you to, to look at very closely. There's a point here that I want you to look at very closely. And let's bring it back up. Go tell his disciples, and look what he says there, especially who? Peter. Peter. In other words, in other words, Jesus is there with the angel and he said, okay, you make sure that you tell them, tell them that, that I'm going to, to meet them in Galilee, but, but make sure, especially don't you forget to let Peter know that I want to meet him. I want to talk to him. So the ladies go back and they, 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 they tell, they, they, they tell the disciples this and I'm sure, I'm sure Thomas is like, yeah, right. But I wonder what it was like when Peter heard that message. Because the ladies would have said, listen, he specifically, Peter, he said he wanted to talk with you. What do you think went Peter through Peter's mind? Ruh-roh. <laughs> Uh-oh. But why was it that Jesus specifically wanted to talk? Why, why was it that Jesus specifically wanted to talk with Peter? And here, here's, here's why. Here's why. It's because Peter was dealing with something that could cripple a man's soul. And Jesus knew it. Jesus knew that Peter was dealing with guilt. Because he had forsaken Jesus after he confirmed to Jesus on more than one occasion that it didn't matter what happened, Jesus, I am with you even if I have to give my life. And so that is the reason, ladies and gentlemen, that 
Jesus specifically told the angel to tell the disciples, especially Peter, make sure you meet me. Because Jesus knew, everybody listen to me, Jesus knew that Peter had a race to run. And as long as he allowed this guilt that was in his soul, he would not be able to run his race. Aren't you thankful you came to church on a Wednesday night? He knew that the potential would never be realized unless Jesus helped him, Peter, deal with that guilt. So Jesus wanted to meet Peter to let Peter know, Peter, we're good. So in John 21, 17, um, the disciples are already there. This is how record, John records this. The disciples are already there. They're, they're, they, they, they are fishing one morning, and, and they're out there, and, and they're, somebody walks up on the, the shore. It's Jesus. They didn't recognize him. And he's like, hey, you guys catching anything? No, we're not catching anything. Jesus said, well, take, take the net and throw it on the other side. They threw it on the other side, and I love the way that John wrote it, the disciple that Jesus loved. Come on, John. <laughs> Turns to Peter and said, Pete, that's Jesus. What does Peter do? Peter jumps out of the boat, swims to Jesus. But if he hugs Jesus and he turns around because the guys to go back out, how to help the disciples because the nets are breaking. There's so many fish you get back in. Isn't that pretty cool how Jesus started that way with Peter and what he's ending that way with Peter? You know, the whole fish thing, full, and, full of fish. But listen to me. So, so he gets back to the shore and later Jesus is having a conversation with him after the fish tacos. <laughs> we all know they had fish tacos, right? But, but listen to the conversation. Jesus said to him, talking to Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And look what Jesus said. And I, I, I'm, I'm just, because of time's sake, I'm just getting to this point. I encourage you to go back and read the previous conversation, the rest of the conversation, because Jesus had asked him several times, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Third time, do you love me, Peter? Go back and study it. And Jesus is actually asking him about different kinds of love. And in and, 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 and the Greek, we don't, I mean, in English, we don't read it that way. But in the Greek, it's a very, very interesting study. But, 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 but here, here's the point that I want to make to you. It, Jesus said, do you love me? And, and, and Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I'll know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, watch this, feed my sheep. Now, again, go back and read the whole conversation. And here's what you'll find out. You'll find out that Jesus did not bring up the past about Peter. You'll go back and you'll find that, that, that Jesus didn't start the conversation out with, Peter, what were you thinking? Peter, did you not recall the times that you told me that you were not going to bail on me, that you would be with me till the end? And I remember specifically, Peter, when I looked at you as I was about to be scourged, I saw you, I looked you in the eyes, and you turned and you walked away. He did not bring it up, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? You know what Jesus did? Jesus reminded Peter of his purpose. Do you know why? Because Jesus could do nothing about what Peter had done. He could only do about the residue of what was in his soul, Peter's soul, and that was the guilt that was there. 
<laughs> so he never brought up. Why? Because it couldn't be undone. Jesus just went after Peter's guilt. He said, Peter, I forgive you. I believe in you, Peter. Peter, we're good. Here, here, here's what I want you to hear this evening. Just like Peter, you have a race to run. And that's to help, help people know God, discover their purpose, and make a difference. That's what all of our race is about. Can somebody say a big amen to that? Amen. I can, somebody, I'm going to give a bigger amen than that one. That's what we're here to do, guys. Right? That's our purpose. But there's some things that can slow us down if we're not careful. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Ladies and gentlemen, guilt will slow you down if you don't let Jesus help you with it. Especially the sin that so easily trips you up. You know, sin still pays the same wages. Come on now. So you don't want to mess with it. Don't flirt with it. Leave it alone. Be like Forrest Gump. Run from sin. Okay? And let us run with endurance the race that has set before us. Guilt can and will be a weight that slows us down. I'll talk to you just for a moment about the good side of guilt. The good side of guilt. Okay? If you're taking notes, write that down. The good side of guilt. Um, I'm happy to say that both of our daughters are married to tremendous men of God. Can somebody give the Lord a shout of praise? Because all of the Welch girls are now married. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Got a pay raise. Hallelujah. I'll never forget when Haley, our oldest, which was the first that got married. We were, we were right before the wedding. I think a couple days before the wedding. We were scrambling. I mean, trying to get everything done. And, and I'm the, I was the gopher. You know, what, you know what a gopher is? Whatever my wife told me to go for, that's what I did. I was just running all over the place. So we're running around. Just a day or so before uh, the wedding. I mean, it was crazy, crazy, crazy busy. And, and then I get a phone call from Haley, my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter. And she said, Dad, she, she said, Dad I'm in my vehicle. And, 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 and my warning light just came on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. If it'd be like two days later, it would be Caleb's responsibility, not mine. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think that. I really did. But no, I didn't. I didn't. But really, I mean, my response was, this is not the time for the warning light to be on in that car, vehicle. Then I thought about it a little bit later. I thought, you know what? That's not such a bad deal. Because that warning light, the reason that warning light there is to tell you there's a malfunction and to get it fixed, deal with it before it gets worse. Everybody, let's get, look, at, look at me. Listen to me. Talking about guilt and the good side of guilt. Guilt, listen to me. Guilt, guilt is your warning light. Because guilt is a sense that you've missed the mark. There's a malfunction. And you want to deal with it before it gets worse. But, but, but listen very close to this statement. All guilt isn't bad, but all guilt will go to one or the other direction. All guilt's not bad, but it'll go one way or the other. For time's sake, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, the whole scriptures, the whole account that happened in the Bible with Jesus. But do you remember when the woman with the issue, excuse me, the one that was called in adultery, the woman that was called in adultery was brought to Jesus. Remember that day? Jesus is in the temple. He's teaching. He's just trying to teach some folks, trying to teach the people about himself and, and about the kingdom and all these different things. There are people everywhere. And all of a sudden, there's a ruckus. And this lady's brought in. And, and the Pharisees have got her. And the Pharisees are like, uh, hey, Jesus. 
I know you're teaching. We don't mean to interrupt you, but we got a lady here. Well, Jesus tried to, he just simply tried to ignore them for a little bit. And then they said, hey, hey, Jesus, I'm telling you, what are you going to do about this lady that we caught in adultery? I've heard this a lot of times. And most time I read it or hear it or talk about it, I always go, well, where's the dude? Takes two to tango, you know, where's the man? So they kept pushing Jesus and pushing Jesus. And finally, Jesus had enough. He stood up. He said, all right, let's, let's talk about this. Whoever's got the, whoever is without sin, do what? Cast the first stone. Kneels back down, starts writing some things on the floor. Men start to evacuate. The men that brought the lady start to evacuate. Watch this. I love this. Verse 10 of John chapter 8, Jesus raised up, talking about guilt. Jesus raised up again and asked her. So everybody's gone. Her, her, her accusers are gone. Woman, where are they? Has no one judged you? What? She answered, no, sir. Then Jesus said, I also don't judge you. What? You may go now, but don't sin anymore. All guilt isn't bad, but all guilt will take one of two paths. Here, here, here's the point that I want to make here. Guilt, guilt will either go the way of condemnation our guilt will go the way of conviction. You say, well, what, what makes the difference? The difference is the source. You see, when the, the Pharisees, the Pharisees were there with the Pharisees, it was all about condemnation. She was guilty. There was no doubt. She was guilty. But them, they wanted condemnation. But Jesus was not there to condemn. Jesus was there to what? Convict. She was guilty. And aren't you thankful that it went the way that it did? Because this is what Jesus said. You have sinned, but what? Don't sin any longer. That is conviction, ladies and gentlemen. So guilt is going to happen, but the direction that it goes is dependent upon the source. Everybody listen to me. The enemy loves for you to live in condemnation. Because listen to me, condemnation says this. When you're there in condemnation, it says you will always be this way. This sin defines you. This is who you are. This is a prison and you'll never get out. That's, that's condemnation. Conviction is, yes, yes, you have sin, but there is an answer to your sin, and it's Jesus. Yes, you have sin, but listen to me. It does not define you any longer. You can be, what? Free. Can I have a better amen than that? Is anybody getting anything thus far about, listen, guilt, guilt, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. All right, Get, there's, there's, the good side of, there's the good side of guilt. We talked a little bit about different kinds of guilt. You can have guilt, you can have guilt for something that you did. How many of you ever been there? You just, man, you, you've done something and you got that guilt. Like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Then there's, there's the guilt uh, for something you didn't do, but you wanted to. Don't raise your hand on this one. <laughs> How many of you ever, you just, you, 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 you wanted to do something and then later you felt guilty for wanting to do it? Like I said, don't raise your hand. But then, then there's, there, there's guilt for something you, you think that you did. 
How many ever, you can raise your hand on that. How many ever, you just thought, man, I, I think I did that. And I start feeling guilty. And sometimes you didn't even realize you didn't even do it. And you're like, what did I feel guilty for? Sometimes there's guilt that you didn't do enough to help somebody. That's, that's the kind of guilt that we can, we can talk about. There's the guilt that you're doing better than somebody else. It's called survivor's guilt. But, but for a moment, I want to talk to you about the, the deepest form of guilt. And it's the, the form of guilt. It's the guilt that you're born with. Did you know you were born with a consciousness? It's guilty. And you're like, I don't think so. Romans 5.8 says, so as, so as one sin of Adam brought the punishment of death to all people. Everybody say all people. One good act uh, that Christ did makes all people right with God. Aren't you thankful for that? And, and that brings true life for all. Go back to the very beginning of that verse. So as one sin of Adam brought punishment of death to who? To who? To who? Genesis chapter 3. God obviously has created mankind, Adam and Eve. And in Genesis chapter 3, as his habit was, God stepped back into the garden, the place that he created where he and humanity would, would commune. And so he's walking along, and apparently they had a place that he had a place that he would just meet Adam and Eve, and when he got to that point, they weren't there. So God's walking and he begins to call out, Hey, Adam! Hey! I don't know if God said hey, but you know, it just sounds good. Eve, where are they? You, you do know that God knew exactly where they were at, right? Finally, finally, Adam goes, uh, God, we're over here, picking up behind the trees. Adam, Eve, what, what's up with the fig leaves? Aren't those things a little scratchy? Here, read that, you're like... Couldn't they have come up with something better than fig leaves? And, just, and then, then and God says, what's up, guys? What's going on? We all know what had happened, right? They had sinned. And do you know why they ran and they hid? You know why they ran and they hid? Everybody look at me. That's what guilty people do. They, they had that sense of guilt and they knew that God... And he was coming and he was going to meet with them. And if they had to run, they just could not stay in his presence. It's because they were what? They were guilty. Now listen, Adam and Eve reproduced. You know, we're here because of Adam and Eve. Physically speaking, we're here. And, and the guilt that Adam and Eve had in their souls, guess what? It got passed on to the one generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the what? The, the next generation. Because everybody's born separate from God. So we're born with this guilty conscience. And, you, and, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but let, me, let me just tell you a quick story. This, this will help you about this. Sometimes people, people are like, I just don't know. How could that work? That I didn't even know him. I didn't even know God. I was not even involved in that decision. I wasn't even there. Why should I be penalized for being separate from God? I, had a, I, had a, I was in a coffee shop. It's been years ago. 
I actually had two offices. One was downtown and one was at our campus. The one downtown was called Cold Creek. It was a coffee shop. Even to this day, that coffee shop set the standard for all coffee shops. I just love it. So if, if, if I didn't have a, if this meeting wasn't real private, I would just, and, and, and whoever I was going to meet, it was close to downtown. I would say, hey, meet, meet me at Cold Creek. So I met this guy, and we went out for a little bit. We talked, and after we got through talking, uh, there was this younger guy. It was a college town. So this, this younger guy came over, and he said, hey, I understand that you're a pastor. <laughs> Sometimes I want to lie. I, I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to, number one, if you want to debate, I don't want to debate. Now, if you'd have called me just out of Bible school, I'd have been like, let's get it on. But I figured out debating is not going to convince anybody to give their life to Jesus Christ, right? Just let your light shine, okay? So he sat down and, and he said, look, I got a question about this Jesus thing. Why do I need Jesus? And I could tell he didn't want to debate. I, he, he, was, he, was, he was curious. And I said, well, here's the reason we need Jesus. Here's the reason all humanity needs Jesus is because we were born separate from God. That's why you hear people talk of the Bible. It talks about being a sinner. It means being separate from God. And he's like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't think I should be penalized. I'm a good guy, and I don't think I should be penalized for something that somebody else did that I had no control over. I wasn't even involved. I wasn't even there. So I'm thinking, how, I knew where he was going. I was thinking, how am I going to help this kid? And so I asked him a question. I said, have you ever heard of a guy named Otis Pickard? Has anybody here ever heard of a guy named Otis Pickard? doesn't surprise me. You know why? It's my grandfather. <laughs> you never heard of him, right? Neither did this kid. If he'd have said, yeah, I, I knew him, I'd have been like, let's talk about lying. No. <laughs> or you ruined my point, right? But, but here, here's, my, here's my point that I want to make. I, I said, my grandfather, Otis Pickard, he fought in World War II, fought the Battle of Bulge, fought, he was second, in the second wave of the invasion of Normandy. I said, do, do, is your life different because these soldiers in World War II laid their life on the line? He said, yeah. He said, the world's completely different. I said, so there's this man named Otis Pickard that laid his life on the line for you, along with thousands and millions, actually, of others. You, had, you didn't know them. You didn't live in the same time, but they made a decision that affects you today. Would you agree with that? <laughs> He's pretty smart. He's a pretty smart kid. He leaned back and went, you got me. <laughs> I said, so if you can believe that about Otis Pickard, you can also believe it about this man named Adam and this woman named Eve. They sinned, and their sin affects you today. But the good news is Jesus came to help you with that sin problem. Are, are you with me? So that's the reason that today I'm telling you the deepest, the deepest guilt is the guilt that we are born with. Look, look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at a scripture there that talks about that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says, We have been sprinkled with his blood, talking about the blood of Jesus, to free us from a what? Where did that come from? Where did that guilty conscience come from? It's been passed on generationally. But the good news is, 
Listen to the rest of this. Our bodies have been washed uh, with clean water, so we must continue to come to him with a sincere heart and a strong faith. Aren't you thankful that Jesus and the blood of Jesus sprinkles our and can clean our conscience and we don't have to live with a guilty conscience any longer? About 14 of you are excited about that. This, this is the deepest guilt that... that, that, that oh, let, me, let, me just, let me just dig around this a little bit because I'm almost out of time. You say, how do you, how do you deal with this? How, how, do you, how do you deal with this, this, this... I'm not talking about a guilt that I did something wrong and I wish I hadn't have done it. Because remember the question? Remember the question? I'm saved... I'm forgiven, but why do I still feel guilty? How do, you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? I'm going to give you one point tonight. I have three, but I'm going to give you one. Everybody write this down. You've got to dress appropriately. You've you, you got to dress what? Appropriately. You've got to dress what? The Bible talks a lot about putting on, taking off, right? How many in this room are fashion challenged? I have to admit, I, I am sometimes. I'm getting better. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot better if you talk to my wife. Because a few years ago, man, I'm telling you, I, I would just like, I would just, I'd walk in my closet, look at it and think, this, this would kill it. This would look Amazing. I walk out and I hold up to my wife. I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, no. Don't even think about it. Right? I'm looking forward to, to, to the day where adva- technology advances to the point where I can just walk into my closet. Just stand there. Then I walk out of the closet. And because of the technology, I walk out and, boom, I'm killing it. I mean, matching. I, I wrinkle free if I want it, but those days aren't here yet. So what do we got to do? All of us got to walk in the closet, wherever your clothes are at. Sometimes for some of it's on the floor, in the basket. All right? But when we, 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 however, wherever our clothes are stored, we got to get up. We got to pick out what clothes we're going to wear, and we got to do what? We've got to put them on. Talking about dealing with guilt. We got to put them on. So we got to, if you want to dress appropriately, you gotta, you got you to choose wisely what you put on. But listen to me. Spiritually speaking, you've also got to dress appropriately. You see, because a fee, the Bible says that God has provided an amazing new wardrobe for us because we've been born again. Listen to me. But it's our decision to put it on. Ephesians 4.24 says, put on your new nature. What? Created to be like God. True, righteous, and holy. He's saying, I provided it. What? Put it what? Put it on. Let me give you another scripture. Colossians 3.12 and 13 says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with the second place, uh, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly, watch this, and completely as the master has forgiven what you. 
Here, here's what I, about this forgiveness thing here at the bottom. Actually, pastor's been doing an incredible job teaching on love. Incredible. If you've not seen these messages, go online. They're archived. Watch these messages that pastor's been teaching on love. It, it's some of the best I've ever heard. Excellent. But it says, uh, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Listen to me. Everybody listen to me. You have to put on the forgiveness of God. Because you can't give it away unless you've what? Accepted it. Right, listen to me. If you're going to deal with this guilt that you're born with, you've got to be willing to put on the forgiveness of God. Let's wrap up this, this evening. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. God is, God is looking and he sees them and he talks with them. Adam and Eve and they've got these fig leaves on. Talking about guilt and dealing with the, the deepest guilt that, of, that you can ever deal with. And so he looks at them and, and, and they've got these fig leaves on. And, and, and Jesus does something I think that is amazing. And I think... It's relevant to us today. Because when Jesus looks at these two individuals, these two beautiful people that he, create, that he created, they've got themselves covered with fig leaves. Why? Why? It's because they ran and they hid because they had a guilty conscience. And they created these fig leaves. They, they didn't create them. They picked them. God created them. You see, that fig tree was meant for them to eat from, but not to try to cover them. God never intended for that fruit tree, that fig tree, to be covering. But see, it was their effort. They were trying to deal with their guilt. They were, they were doing their best to deal with this guilt that they were, had in their soul. But you know what God did? Everybody look at me. Please listen. God looked at them and said, that's not good enough. It's not going to work. Your effort to deal with your guilt, Adam and Eve, it's not going to work. But you know what God did? He covered them himself. He, he made a sacrifice. And he, and he took, the, and he took the, the skins from that sacrifice. And God personally made a covering for them and helped them deal with their guilt. You say, what does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with me today? I mean, that happened a long time ago. Here's what it has to do with you. Here's what it has to do with me. This Sunday, we're getting ready to celebrate the resurrection of our Jesus Christ, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know why? Because we could not deal with guilt on our own. And just like Peter couldn't deal with his guilt, neither could we. 
Jesus came to help Peter, but Jesus also came to help us. And when we come to him, he says, your efforts to try to cover your guilt, to be free from that guilty conscience, it's not going to work. But Jesus says, I've provided you covering. All you have to do is accept what I've done on the cross by faith. And let me tell you, this is what he says. We're good. We're good. I'm not going to bring up your past. I'm not going to bring up mistakes you've made. I'm not going to bring all that up because we can't do anything about it. But I'm here to do something about the guilt that you have in your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to live with the guilt. We don't have to live there. We can be free by putting our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.